That actually works quite well as an alarm. Welcome to the Brisbane Football Review. It's James Scott and... Wake up, Adam. Oh, it's Wednesday. (laughs) We're here for a very sleepy edition of the show. It's part of the Daily Football Show Fan Network. And we have a lot to talk about once the coffee kicks in, thanks to the Socceroos this morning. How are we, guys? Is there a lot to talk about after this morning? I'm not so sure. (laughs) Well, from the last week, at the very least. Adam, how are you? Well, as far as nil or draws go, at least it didn't put me asleep, so... That's not a bad thing. And there was action to the 90th minute, but that's mm. going to be coming up a little bit later in segment three, where we talk about the national team. Let's get into segment one, where we're going to talk about the Raw on Sunday afternoon, was it? Yeah, Sunday yeah, afternoon. It seems like it. Yeah, yeah <laughs> it, it was a very long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> but the Raw kept their season going with a 2-2 draw in Wellington. And I'll be honest, it wasn't the result that I was hoping for. It was a very frustrating game that I felt like could have actually gone either way. The, the banana skin nearly tripped up the raw, and uh, look, it's. I think they did well to get out of out of jam, but yeah, two all, two all draw. I think actually on balance, I think it's actually a fair result. Yeah. I think in the end, I thought I thought uh, Wellington were were pretty good for what for what they put up, and but yeah, like I said, not ideal, you know, for the raw as far as their finals prospects. Much like that match they had last April, I think, where we expected Wellington to just come along and roll over, they. The actually, final home yeah. game of the season. Yeah, they yeah. showed up and actually put in a good effort. Yeah, they did. And again, under Chris Greenecker, they played really well. So I, I do think maybe it's what we need to look at. Instead of looking for a new coach, just have some faith in him because he can clearly get some good results out of this team. Because I think Adam's right. I think I think it was a very even game that was probably a fair for a point each. If anything, you could say Wellington probably... You wouldn't have been. You couldn't really begrudge them if they did get a winner at the end. The way they were pushing because they were on top at the Consider, end. Of the considering the players they had out as well, because of yeah. all white duty as well. Yeah. Like that was the other thing I think why people thought that Wellington just you know lay down, but they were they were you know very good was, in parts. Yeah. And look, I, I think yeah, Chris Greenacre, I think is a coach. I think there's there's no other choice. I think at the moment, the players who came in like Logan Rogerson as well did really well. Yes. And also the school kid as well, oh, who had yes. the, the, fr- the friends and family in <laughs> yeah, uniform yeah. showing up, which I actually thought was a phenomenal, yeah. phenomenal sight. It kind of makes me wish I was a gifted high school athlete or yeah. any gifted of those. Gifted athlete things. generally? Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. But we'll talk about the Raw. And after all of the, I suppose, build-up and everything, you know, the high of the win against Sydney, they came out pretty flat at Front to back, it wasn't what we were hoping to see. Yeah, it's, it's the pattern of the season, really. Against the top teams, they're all done quite well in terms of the results, for the most part. So for Sydney away, it's the first one. They've done pretty well against the top teams. It's the lesser teams that they've kind of struggled a bit against for motivation. Because, again, this is the third game against Wellington. It's three draws. And as you pointed out, that's six points dropped that could cost them by the end of the season. Yeah, and, well, we had that post as the Raw Review Facebook page where you're going to look back at the end of the season and think, God, those... Six points that they dropped against Wellington. That's going to be. Put, yeah, she that, picked up those points. Oh, even half of them, they put you in the race for a home final at the moment. Well, you win one of the games you drew, and I can think back to every one of those games and think of a chance it could have actually given them those yeah. points. But you know, you play the hand you dealt, and look, it was a bit of a crash back to earth, especially in the first half. Oh yeah, look, I, I think again, yeah, they, it wasn't the fast start as. You know, we, we we saw against Sydney, you know, trying to shock them. Like, it was it, more so they were, they were sort of just trying to play their way into the game. You know, even were happy with a nil half-time score and then and sort of try and make their move in the second half. And, look, I think, it's, yeah, it's, it's sort of strange in a way, but, but this New Zealand trip's always been, for a long time, you know, it's always been a little bit tricky as far as, you know, getting the players up. I question that they, they flew out Saturday, um, as well, that may have some sort of factor in in it. And arriving Saturday afternoon, you know, 24 hours before the game, pretty much. And I, I just wonder if that has a factor. That's kind of standard, though. I know when they fly to other places in Australia, they do that. I, know, I think you were saying they fly normally fly Friday to Wellington, That's but, what I but thought, in general, but yeah. they normally fly the day before the game. So. And, and I'm guessing, based on Instagram timelines, they didn't have too much trouble with the people with the rubber glove at the airport. <laughs> <laughs> but things got off to a pretty good start. 
though, uh, with Brett Holman getting the opening goal, which I don't know what it is about playing Wellington. He does love to score some decent goals against them. He certainly does. He's actually in really, really good form at the moment, which is really encouraging for the Raw, because if there's one player who can carry them to the finals and through them a game or two, it's Brett Holman, because he's when he's on his game, he's one of the best players in the league. Yeah. He can make a big difference on this team. They have missed him so much. And he does have that goal-scoring ability yeah. as well, which I feel like it's easy to write off sometimes. It's, it's but... also the link play he has with the other yeah. players around him, which is really important. Exactly. And while we might have seen a drop-off in Macaroni's production, I feel like that link between the two has been quite helpful. Where look, I'm not going to pretend I'm looking at you know the all 22 players long shot of the field, but I feel like if you look at the way Macaroni's making his moves, he's clearing out space for Holman to yeah. run into and. Look, I'd still rather Macaroni be scoring goals, but you got to take what you can get. Oh, exactly, and that's um, maybe I think with um, the emergence of re-emergence, I should say, of, of Brett Holman, that you now it seems as though Macaroni is playing a little bit more of a provider role rather than just being the sole focal point. So it's look at the end of the day, it comes down to sort of tactics and whatnot, and and while it probably doesn't help uh, Macaroni's prospects long term because. Yeah, as far as you know, the potential of a new contract, which that one came out of the blue, what uh, commentator Jason Pine was saying in his yeah. call. I mean, they caught a lot of people by surprise, but... Um, I think there are a few people caught by surprise by that call, but we'll get onto that yeah. a little bit later. <laughs> but, but yeah, look, um, look, it's very different style. And at the end of the day, you know, it doesn't matter who's scoring goals. We just need someone to be scoring them. It also helps when you have multiple different options to score the goals as well, because you can't rely on one person. That's right. And the finish itself from Holman... It was interesting. It was a volley, and it, but it's not the sort of volley you'd expect a player to score from that position. Normally, you'd think that they'd be blasting it as hard as they can into the net, but there was a fair bit of control to it. Oh, I think the question was, it was a shot, was it a cross? <laughs> Point. But look at the end day, as long as it goes, it's, it's the back of the net. Who yeah. cares? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but it all counts. It was a bit of a kick in the guts, though, when Wellington equalised pretty much straight away. Yeah, it's not really what you were looking for, wasn't it? You were looking for the Raw then to get control of the game and either push for a second or see it out, but no. Mm. The one thing I will also mention, the by the way, depending. I don't know if I don't know who's controlling the Brisbane Raw app, but I got a notification about the goals before the ball had hit the back of the net on both those times, so they're really on the ball with those. Well, she sounds like Optus Sport to me, delays. <laughs> <laughs> No, I wasn't streaming that game though. But yeah, it was yeah, bit of bit of a kick in the guts to take that equaliser. Oh, look at the uh, though, mind you, I think it was coming before the goal Holman's goal where that so that that channel through game the middle was opening up, wasn't it? It was. Yeah. It, look, it was actually an open game the whole way through. It's just that no, no one really got a decent, really decent shot on target in the first. I think the only one was um, I think Jamie Young made a save on. Um, did he actually make a save? <laughs> well, we'll get on to that. But, but yeah, but like I said, that, that, the whole game was pretty open. I think it was actually starting to open up, and I think that was where Raw were going to be most vulnerable, just straight after you know, scoring. Yeah. And then Wellington took the lead in the second half as well off. I I feel like I've got to give Wellington credit again for a well-crafted move and yeah. cross into the box. It was a well-crafted move. I don't think it was... I think the Raw could have defended it better, though. Yeah, a header from what was it three yards or something? I think yeah. could have done better to defend it, but it was always good play in the build-up from Wellington to create the chance. At that point, they probably did deserve the lead as well because they were on top for, at that point in the game. But the Raw managed to score another goal yeah. off a corner to equalise. What's with all these corner goals? What's it's, going on? It's what happens when you stop trying short corners, <laughs> <laughs> and that is not not a direct shot at the Raw. That is a direct shot against football in general. Yeah. No more short corners <laughs> unless you're running down the clock. I remember Ange Postecoglou used to make a point of every single corner in preseason where he was taken short. Yeah, that's what preseason's for, doing yeah. stuff like that. <laughs> anyway, then, yeah, Wellington could very easily have won the game through Nathan Burns, but his shot wound up hitting the crossbar, but there was a bit of confusion about the path it took to actually get there. Scott? Yes, there was. I thought you to Adam then, actually. <laughs> no, I mean... Wake up, Scott. Yes, no, yeah. I'll try. No, it was a really good save from Jamie Young, wasn't it, to get his fingertips and start to push it onto the crossbar, despite the fact the commentator may have missed that originally, as you're alluding to. Yes, I I will give Jason Pine credit. He did actually own up to it after yeah. saying, yeah, I missed that. Yeah. Oh, if he's so not the only commentator who's missed a It would have been tough for not to, I think. <laughs> I think the, the amount of, uh, <laughs> the, amount of uh, the soccer Twitter really got a hold of him. Haven't they been busy with Malcolm that? Conn this week? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I think we're all feeling a little bit rough around the edges. Yes. <laughs> but 
Yeah, I, I wanted to make this point about the commentary, because obviously we make a lot of jokes about the Kiwi commentary and stuff, but... Kiwi TV. Yeah. I, I, gotta go, I actually don't mind like, a biased home call. I mean, even though he's not Australian, we hear it from Simon Hill all the time when he's doing the Socceroos games. <laughs> yes. And, like, listen to the rugby, you know, the... I watched Super Rugby Sunday morning, the uh, Reds when they were playing in South Africa, and oh my god, those South African commentators may as well have been sitting in the coach's box. But it's a local call. Like, that's the one thing for me that I've, like, I always try and remember is essentially, but for me, that's Fox the team Sports... they know really, isn't it? They yeah. know the Wellington team. They don't really know much about the A-League sides because they turn other Australian A-League sides, they turn up the day before. And they don't get much an opportunity to speak to them mm. before the game. So, As I think I've alluded to on this show a few times before, I watch a lot of US sports, and one of my favourite parts about it in the basketball, in the hockey, yeah. in the baseball, are the hometown broadcasts yeah. where you get the guys you know, calling 80-plus games per season of the hometown team. And just, like, obviously it's going to be slanted one way or yeah. another. And you know what? It's fun. Yeah. Well, the, the fans of the other team aren't typically watching that broadcast anyway, either, so that's the thing. But it also happens in Perth as well, you've got to remember, because commentators typically it's the same Perth commentary team over there as well. Perth, New Zealand, it's the same yeah. type of flight. <laughs> exactly. But, I don't know, I just... You're never going to have a call that's 100% down the middle, so, look, if you're going to be doing, you know, a call of, say, an, an A-League grand final, try and keep it close to the yeah. middle, but when, you, when you've got a local call, have a bit of fun with yeah. it. I mean, hell, I think if, like, the three of us were calling, you know, raw W League games or Youth League games or something, yeah. we'd, be, we'd be leading that way and speaking a bit more as fans. Or at least I would. But Trying not to. Yeah, Trying to be somewhat yeah. professional. I feel like I'd get about 20 minutes in and just go stuff it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I just wanted to get on my high horse about yes. that. But overall, does this feel like a missed opportunity? Oh, it absolutely feels like a missed opportunity, given the results that we've had. We all, were, all of us were very confident last week of the Raw going to Wellington and picking up three points. They're still in right in the race for top six, but these two points here would be invaluable for them. Just to be ahead of the Wanderers right now would be a big psychological boost. And the way that I kind of look at it is like, you lost that margin for error that the win over Sydney gave so, you. Exactly. That that was, I think, I think as well, yeah, it, it would have been something to go into, go into this week actually in the six ahead of... Wanderers ahead of Perth, yeah. you know, ahead of their clashes. Mm. It, it now does, it, it again puts it back in that condenses it all, doesn't it? It's a six yeah. pointer against against the Wanderers and a six pointer against um, Perth, and it's yeah. almost like a almost a final, yeah, well, you know, a couple of weeks early, a final yeah. to get into the finals. Yeah, Perth's win over victory it wasn't the greatest of days mm. for Brisbane on Sunday because Perth have moved right back into the race as well with home games to come. Mm-hmm. But the one thing that I will keep saying about the Raw. Their finals destiny is still in their own hands. Yeah. If they take care of business in the games that they're playing, they will be in yeah. the finals. Yeah. And I keep thinking that... Look, I'm probably getting a little bit too far ahead of myself, but you know, there are how many teams that are so unbelievably inconsistent in the A-League, I wouldn't rule out anybody coming out in the first week of the finals and laying an egg. I think there's so. two consistent teams in the team league and they're going to get the first week off. Are you sure about that? You did see the Newcastle result on Friday night. I think they're still going to get the week off. I mean, they're technically locked into top two now. So. Oh, yeah, they are. Well, actually, that's the other thing. So, a quick update on the finals picture. So, Sydney FC, all but Premier... Probably wrap it up on Thursday yep. when they play Perth. Newcastle officially locked into no lower than second spot. And at the other end of the table, Central Coast and Wellington are out of the finals. Yes, I think it's almost locked in as well that both week one finals will be played in Melbourne as well, I think. It's almost basically locked in, isn't it? Yep, I would say. Uh, Adelaide are two points behind the victory, so... Okay. It's, it's not over yet. Okay. All right, so that's going to be it for this segment of the Brisbane Football Review, not this edition. I <laughs> definitely don't w- want to go... Do you need a coffee down. after this? Yeah, I'm going to go make coffee. Yeah. We'll be back <laughs> after this. You're listening to the Brisbane Football Review. We'll be back after this. Welcome back to a very sleepy edition of the Brisbane Football Review. It's James Scott and Adam. We're very happy to be joined by Alex from the Queensland Soccerers Federation for this segment. Good day, everyone. How are we? See you again, Alex. Hey, Alex. Third appearance on the show yeah, now. Yeah, becoming a bit of a regular. Yeah. <laughs> you, you won't be able to get rid of me soon. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, what st- that's what happened with these. Yeah. <laughs> but we decided that we needed a bit of a change of scenery, so we're actually recording outside on my balcony for and this segment. What a, what a backdrop to uh, record this, so might I add. Yes. Yeah. 
Anyway, so we're going to talk about the reason that we all feel like we've had our brains run over by a piece of sandpaper, and that was the Socceroos, with a couple of early starts in the last couple of uh, days, starting with Saturday morning, where they went down 4-1 to Norway, and Alex, I'll give you first swing at this uh, one. Okay, yeah, well, um, I'm just going to bury it straight away and say the less said about that game, the better. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and on to the next game then? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I do kind of want to touch on this, because what jumped out for me was a few interesting tactical selections from Bert van Marwijk, where mm. he had Jackson Irvine playing as the number 10, mm. he had Andrew Naboo playing as a striker, and a central defer- defensive pairing of Milos Degenek and Mark Milligan, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. that's that's what I. With Bailey right at right back. Yeah, yep. yeah. Um, it, ex- uh, it, it looked like Bert was um, maybe uh, putting his uh, lab coat on and experimenting yeah. uh, with with just the the starting lineup, and I'm sure you probably all agree with that. Yeah, I was about to. It yeah. seemed very experimentational, particularly mm. with the front third. Have a look at mm. Naboo and Petrados and. Try some other combinations in midfield because the team. We'll get to the Colombia game in a minute, but that team was probably much closer to what you would expect the first choice eleven to be. I'm trying to remember. Was that were they the players that were in camp first? I don't know. Yeah, I haven't been following the camp to be honest. There, James. I think it feels like that might have been some of the players you would have had a little bit more time to work with. And Mm. just looking at it, some of the players maybe you just wanted to see how they went. Oh, look, mm. I think that's the case, yeah. Like, like I said, we, we wouldn't have thought that you know, Andrew Naboo and Dimitri Petrados would actually uh, get a, um, you know, a cap so early on. So their first call-up, first game, you know, norm, normally the, the, in the past has been go to camp, but you're not going to play. So yeah. I think, the, I think the, the word experimentation, I think, is the one that comes up you know, from, from the Norway game. Mm. Yeah. And look, it looked good for a couple of minutes there when Australia took the lead. Yeah, it did. It did, and then it just kind of crashed. And burned, Before that, really. Norway were also on top with the chances as well. Don't, yeah, don't I worry thought, about that. Australia I thought the, the goal. <laughs> I thought the goal was kind of against the run of play, but oh no, it yeah, totally yeah. was. But yeah. look, if they happened to get yeah. an against the run of play goal yeah. against mind France, you, mind you, the run of play for Norway yeah. was like nineteen nineties football throwback stuff, wasn't it? Yeah, it wasn't really the most inspiring stuff. You can see why they've fallen, fallen away. They did have a few shining lights. So the guy that got the hat trick, uh, you reckon? I thought he was one of the worst players on the field. I don't know. I was just looking at the goals. <laughs> he, he, he looked, um, to quote uh, Sir Alex Ferguson, it looked like he was born offside. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, uh, I'm not sure Slatan's going to be too impressed with him at LA Galaxy, that's for sure. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, he did score a hat-trick, you're right, so I shouldn't go it, too like, hard on him. It, it is an international hat-trick, and yeah. mm. like, that's got to count for something. Him. Yeah, you don't get him every... Every day, unless you play uh, Gibraltar or San Marino every <laughs> week, or Liechtenstein, one of the uh, the mighty powerhouses of Europe. That's right. <laughs> but what also was a big standout, and I think Anna Harrington had a column on this on Fox Sports, actually talking about how my favourite uh, Fox Sports writer. Oh, careful. Adam. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, but it was uh, it was her or Kate Cohen, I forget who, but. Um, where they noticed that the Socceroos were dropping right back and essentially doing the football equivalent of basketball's half-court press. No, that's a fair point, actually, because I do think one of the things that's really gone is Angie's mantra of never take a backward step of really playing on the front foot with and without the ball. I think that... We didn't really see that in either game. No, definitely. So I think that... I think that that's a point that was, well made. that was one of the big stats as well that came out of that Norway game was the amount of back passing and... Yeah. Sort of, yeah, just general defensive sort of you know, passing across the back line, which is mm. something we haven't seen, obviously, in, in years. Obviously, we know that, you know, Ange Postacoglu was, you know, his philosophy was certainly against that. So, it's, go, go, you have to go back a few years before you sort of Socceroos team, you know, doing that. It was very Pim for Bake-like, actually. Mm. Unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. Well, actually, that ca- uh, capped the run of non-Australian managers in charge, where I think they had lost games 6-0, 6-0, and 4-1. <laughs> How fun. Yeah, the, that's great. The book ended the Aurelio Vidmar, Vidmar caretaking game against Canada in the Ange Postacoglu era. That's fun. Yeah, that was just a random trivia stat yeah. I heard this morning. <laughs> okay. Let's move I'm, on. I'm way too tired to... Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. We're, we're not going to disagree if you don't. <laughs> <laughs> you could have made anything up there. Yeah, okay, yeah. sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> we'll move on to this morning then. Nil-nil against Colombia. Fair few changes. Tommy Urich started up front and mm. he did look like the striker that probably is going to be leading the line come... He looked more fourth. natural up front, didn't he? I think Naboo did reasonably well in his first game against Norway, but he just he didn't really suit the system. I think it was, a, it was a worthy idea, but just I think 
Burich is the option going forward there. Nabu, I feel like, is better playing off a striker yeah. rather than mm. as a striker. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, that's not his qualities. He's not He's not a, a hold-up man. He's not a... Uh, you know, it's, I mean, he's someone that's probably going to run behind, yeah. but he needs someone to we give him We didn't get that, that sort of service into him. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And a couple of the other changes as well. We saw Josh Rooston come in at right mm. back. Tom no, Rogic. Natural right back. Yeah. Yep. Good. Good. Tom, Tom Rogic mm. start. Aziz Beish at left back. Yep. Yeah. On Rooston's probably his best game for a long time for Australia too, because that's one of the reasons why Ange probably went away from the back four, because the right back position was a big problem. And mm. some Wanderers yep. fans might say that was his best game all year. <laughs> no comments. Careful, they'll all play them in a week and a half. Yeah. I know. I'm, wa- I'm waiting for that to come yeah, back. And thirty yard in. belt from Josh Riston coming up. Yeah. Well, to be fair, I'm only counting up to it, including today. <laughs> but first half, they looked decent overall. They looked much more composed with a few more guys playing in their natural positions. Look, it felt actually more like. Um, if like more of this is the World Cup, if it was played in a sort of an intensity which was, you know, you, they weren't playing just experiment. That you know, it was a full-on game. You know, it was a game. There was few chances for both teams, but there was enough space to create something. So, look, I think um, the first half of I think it's probably one of the better ones for a while. Alex, yeah, uh, I definitely agreed. Um, there on that point, Adam, and um, I think. Uh, to be honest, I, I really, what struck me was how we defended. We 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 closed down the space uh, a lot better than I've seen in probably a little while. Uh, you know, especially when you're considering that James Rodriguez is on the pitch, Falcao, yeah. you know, those kind of Please, guys. Falcao is rubbish. Yeah, says the Man United fan. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds about right. Yeah. Um, but but that, that, that's more yeah. of a comp- that'd be a bit more of a compliment, I think, on how defensive setup for the Socceroos was. That Falcao was fairly effective. Um, James, he did things, but you know, I know you mean he missed the ball. The spectators, is that what you mean? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. But um, but yeah, look, I think overall, I said the first half was a good half for the Socceroos. And the mm. biggest surprise of the first half for me, though, Brenton Speed was on the commentary, not Simon Hill. I don't, oh, yeah, I don't think they... Yeah. They must be budget cut I don't think Simon Hill yeah. answered his alarm this morning. <laughs> no, no, he must not. Have been. So just Gee. on the game, though, I just... Um, I have a slightly different take to Adam and, and Alex. I just, I, it was an improvement on Norway. It's certainly heading in the right direction, but if we play like that at the World Cup, I think we're in a bit of trouble because, yes, we defended reasonably well, but we certainly rode our luck. And mm. going forward, we only had, what, one and a half good chances in the game. Mm. I think we need a little bit more, but we're heading in the right direction anyways. Just there's still a lot of work to be done. And I feel mm. like... We'll get onto the second half now, but well, I do want to. I want to follow up with that and say, like, how many days has Van Marvik had with these guys? Mm. They say five or six days now. I think. Yeah, Yeah. you could see the improvement from Norway, but there's still a long way to go. I'm sure, with all due respect, Van Marvik probably would have been calling some of these players by their jersey numbers rather than (laughs) their actual names. Hey, you actually, based on Norway, you might have been using some expletives to describe them. But the, yeah, as you as you rightly point out, though, Scott, the Socceroos did ride their luck in the yeah. second half. There was a disallowed goal for offside. Uh, Boyer hits the post twice. I think we should thank Mark Schwartz for how he configured those full and posts. <laughs> yes, definitely. I definitely. saw that. Is, joke. is his son still there playing there in the youth team or something? Wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. I should just say I did get that joke off Twitter. I forget okay. who, but well done. That you didn't make that joke on your social media account. No, the one I said was, if we can take that post to Russia, we'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> and the one that also saved the one against Syria. Yeah, yes. that's perfect. Both. That's, that's, yeah. that's, the, that's the two uprights yeah. for the goals, yeah. right? There we go. Now we just need a lucky crossbar. Yeah. yeah. But the uh, second half did bring about a debut for Danny Vukovic. And look, I've made f- plenty of fun of him like from his younger days with Who Central hasn't? Coast and Perth <laughs> and whatnot. But i got to admit, the guy has grown on me... Like, Finding out some of the stories about him as well, it's a lot harder to dislike him now. And uh, he gave away a penalty, but did manage to redeem himself. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and and that's full credit to to him. And and probably also, I think building on your point, James, it uh, really shows the maturity he's gained. I think you know you, you think back to those Mariners days where he was touching referees and. Uh, you know, getting yeah. ridiculous suspensions for doing just absolutely ridiculous things on the pitch. And It would be and nice if Alex Bross could pick, could have picked some of that maturity up last year. If <laughs> <laughs> we won't talk about the camel, will we? Oh, sorry. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, look, um, I think it shows a bit of maturity on his, heart, uh, on his behalf. And, um, and 
really good shot stopping as well and, and probably uh, goes to show his development probably in the short time that he has been in, in Belgium yeah. building on from the, the, the great career yeah. he built at Sydney. In yeah, so it's should say happy birthday. Yeah. In yeah. two yes. minutes, he probably went from not going to the World Cup after seeing that penalty <laughs> to guaranteeing his seat on the plane after saving it. So. Well, so, there's also talk that you know, he, may, he may want up to number one. You know, I, I, don't, no. I don't necessarily agree with that. I, I think, think Matt Ryan's yeah. safe, even though he had a bad game. But certainly for him, getting on the plane, getting that last, in the final 23, I think that would be a miraculous achievement. You know, and you wouldn't have seen that 12, 18 months ago that, you know, so, no, look, yeah. he's taking his yeah. chances and good on him. It's also a real drop for Mitch Langerak to go from being challenging Matt Ryan at one stage to he's probably now not going to go to the World Cup. He's the fourth choice, yeah. Yeah, yeah mm. pretty much. But yeah. I I don't want to stick the boot into Langerak too much no. here, but it does kind of, you know, you're finally starting to see a bit of, I suppose, punishment for him having the career of a backup rather yeah. than... I think he's playing yeah. in Asia now, but he spent mm. way too long sitting on the bench mm. in Germany and Spain and all the rest of it. Yeah. Exactly. It did, did, well, for me, the move to Levante in Spain was, was silly. I mean, he, he had to leave Stuttgart, yeah. but why did he go to Levante? He knew he was going to be a backup. Yeah. Should have went somewhere. Anyway. But anyway, yeah. I, we should just point out also, yeah. that counts as a penalty save for Vukovic, not a miss from... That's no, a save. That's a save, yeah. That's a save. Yeah, because yeah, oh, 100%, it yeah. might not have been the you know most perfectly hit penalty, but... Like, he still had to go the yeah, right it, way. It was going in. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's on target, yeah. So, save's a save, you know. Exactly. It, it can be with your backside if it wants. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> as long as it stays out, really. Or Robbie Slater scored with his backside once yeah. upon a time. Just ask me, I'll tell you all about it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if he'll talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> See, I'm probably on that list as well, actually. Yeah. Anyway. It's, but, look, a draw against the world number 13 in a game that they were quite clearly going for has to count for something, right? Oh, it's uh, it is, but I think they also it's probably a good test for the Peru game because they're roughly ranked around the same level, aren't they, more or less? But yeah, I think we're going to have to play better against Peru because we have to. I think we're going to have to win that game. Yeah. Although we can talk about the World Cup later on, but well, if you're comparing it to how you're going to play against France, for example, it's probably not a bad mm-hmm. template to use. Yeah, uh, and look, if you cut them away with a nil-nil draw against France, I think we'll all be delighted. Mm-hmm. But. Mm-hmm. The one thing, one last point I want to touch on with the Socceroos here is that midfield combination that we saw this morning of mm. Maslowongo, Mile Jedinak, and Tommy Rogic. Mm. Uh, this might be blasphemous to say against Aaron Moy, who I feel like is the best outfield player for the Socceroos. In terms of the sum of the three, that's probably the, that's to me is their best option for the midfield. And I'm getting some very quizzical looks from Alex here. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I, you know what I. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I've got you thinking now. You do, you do, and it's hard because you, it's. I guess it's that age-old debate where you you're looking at individual talent and you're trying to, you know, cohese it into the team somehow. But sometimes you're sacrificing too much from the sum of the parts, as you mentioned there. This, this, the sum of the three was probably uh, the the best we've seen in well. Well, well, better than Norway, anyway. If, put it, that if way. it helps when Luongo has his one good game of the year, though. Yes. That's the thing. I mean, that, I know he's. That's the issue. Yeah, yeah well, he just hasn't. Issue, I know he was really good at the Asian Cup, but since then he's had about three good games, and this was one of them this morning. But the reason that I feel like you could probably like easily get plenty of game time for those four in those three spots is the fact that Tom Rogic, as good as he is, as much as I love the guy, he is quite fragile still. Oh look, that's the thing is I think the the issue we have here is how does four go into three, and we know and we know clearly that you know unless something happens, um, Van Marwijk or Mark McVomel can you know serve you know spread some magic between now and the World Cup, Aaron Moy and Tom Rogic just don't go well together on on the pitch. It's and just there. Yeah. They and get in each other's way, don't yeah. they? And for me, as good as Aaron Moy has been hmm. for Huddersfield and at club level, he's never really taken over one of those games for the Socceroos. Oh yeah, yeah probably, Rogic hasn't either. Yeah, but Rogic has had you can, moments. Yeah. I don't, I don't ever really remember. And this could just be because I'm senile and very, very sleepy right now. <laughs> but I just don't remember Aaron Moy even having too many of those moments where, like, Rogic has scored a few goals. Yeah. Like that to me is a big difference. Yeah, well, I guess well that's probably the difference between the two. At the end of the day, I, I guess you wouldn't say Moy is really noted for his goal scoring. Yeah. He's probably not. Quite in the same. They they are, they have. They're not really the same player, are they? At the end of the day, yeah. but uh, Moy's going to give someone. He's going to provide service to someone. He's going to set up 
the the goal scoring opportunity for someone. Rogic is either going to do that, or he's going to have a shot from long range by himself out of selfishness. Yeah, but for me, I feel like Rogic is the sort of guy that, like, it's one-one against Peru or Denmark. He's got the ball at his feet, twenty-five yards out. He's going to put more, you on the edge. Yeah. He's more likely yeah. to cr- create or score mm. a goal than I feel like Aaron Moy is. That's. Just they me. really are our Lampard and Gerard conundrum, though, aren't they? Yeah. In terms I didn't of how want you to say that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was actually... Good luck working that out, Bert, too. you only got three months to figure it out. But mm. what what that does show, though, is that training camp that is booked for Turkey before mm. the World Cup instead of the farewell game, mm. that, to me, is going to be incredibly important now. 100%. 100%. And it had to be done. I think, you know, there were obviously a lot of people up in arms about it. But, you know, if we really want to have a serious crack at this World Cup... Yeah. It needed to be done because he's, he's had no time to, to uh, you know, work with these players, put his imprint on these players, as, as he's already said. Um, and he does need to work with them. And there is two games, I think, scheduled, Hungary and Czech Republic. Yeah. So, and as we talked about last week, these farewell games have become less and less meaningful as yeah. each cycle's gone on. They've gone from 100,000 at the MCG to 25,000 at Stadium Australia. Yeah, and the opposition's gotten lower in quality yeah. each time. Mm. So as, as much as there's this notion of we need the farewell game, you've got to make it more marketable than South Africa on his. Well, own. exactly. And the other point is they don't uh, rotate it. They don't bring it up to uh, say Queensland Please. today. Hmm. Well, funny you should mention that, Alex. <laughs> what are the Queensland Socceroos fans really promoting <laughs> at the moment? Yeah, well, we're trying to get a national team too. <laughs> <laughs> trying to get a national team up here, but uh, way of professional. Yes. <laughs> Can yes, we get the Matildas to the Socceroos too? By the way. Well, They're going a little bit better, I think. Let's talk about the Matildas, because they did have a farewell game this week. On, it was two nights ago against yep. Thailand. Monday night. Monday night, yep. that's right. Mm. And I was marathon training at that point in time, so I'm going to need you three to sort of help me out with oh, this. I'm, but, I'm, no, I'm no, no help on this one. I didn't watch it either. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was, it was my night off, so... <laughs> no, it, it was another really good home performance from the Matildas. I mean, they started very strongly in the first five minutes. They scored a goal, and really Thailand... It was looking like a long night for them. But the Matildas, like, it actually wasted a lot of chances. It could have been about five or six nil by halftime. Well, at I least the banner having about four, but... Mm. I didn't watch the game live, but yeah. I did see the highlights, and I kind of understand yeah. Adam Peacock's joke about it. So, like, it could have been 13 nil. Mm. Yeah, 100%. They were, yeah. I yeah. think you summed it up perfectly, yeah. Scott. They, you know, Matildas come yeah. flying out of the gate, and, um, uh, you know, Thailand really didn't have much of an answer for them, I think, for the 90 yeah. minutes, yeah. really. The experimentation continues as well. I mean, we saw Alex Chidiak come into the fold at the Algarve Cup, and she was probably one of the best players on the field on Monday night in the midfield. So that's another piece of depth in midfield that really isn't needed given the depth they already have there, but it's another great option to have. Oh, no, and Larissa Cromer at right back was a very interesting one. Yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah that the was golden, an interesting one. The golden boot from two years ago, yeah. playing right back. Mm. Crazy. And, and this, for by all accounts, she did a decent job. I think, I think when we were talking about this, um, Scott, sort of you now online, was that um, at, at, if for Larissa Crummer at the moment, you don't th- she wouldn't be a show if she, you know, it plays a striker. So yeah. maybe going to right back and playing that in that position where there is an obvious sort of um, lack of depth, it may it may be her ticket to you know to France in a year's time. And look, the more you can do for your team, yeah. the more valuable you are to your coach. So I think there's a definite desire from the coaching staff to have the players be able to play multiple positions as well, just for more versatility in the squad. I think yeah, if you can have it, someone play it right back and up front, that's a that's a handy weapon to have on your bench. Yeah. And it seems to be a bit of a mantra with um, Stadic that doesn't, yeah. as you said, in Andy's coaching staff, they do like to have players that can play two, three, four yeah. different positions. You know. Oh, all right. Well, They're Alex- well on track for the Asian Cup. That's right. That's coming up in two weeks. Yep. Yep. Excellent. All right, Alex. So, uh, can you give Queensland Socceroos fans a bit of a plug? Sure, can. So, um, if you look for us on Facebook, uh, it is at QLD Socceroos fans. Uh, the Twitter handle is Socceroos QLD. Uh, QLD being in capitals. All right. We'll make sure we uh, pump that out yep. again as well at the end of this episode. Thank you very much for joining us. For, Thanks for having me. Yeah, Thanks no, appearance number three, I yes, think. Yes, mm. yes. Yeah. And, and still I haven't got sick of me, so I must be doing it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the AR hasn't hooked me yet. <laughs> Give it time. Yeah. <laughs> All right, that's going to be it for this segment of the Brisbane Football Review. We'll be back to talk about some news in NPL right after this.
You're listening to the Brisbane Football Review. We'll be back after this. Welcome back to Brisbane Football Review for another segment. It's James Scott and Adam with you for the Daily Football Show Fan Network. And Adam, you want to lead off with this? Yeah, look, um, we, we sort of uh, on social media this afternoon received some sort of tracking news, I think, for the Sunshine Coast um, football community, and that uh, relates to the passing away of um, Jade Dixon, who was under-17s player for the Sunshine Coast Wanderers, who was tragically killed last night uh, in a car accident going home from the Moreton Bay uh, game. Um, yeah, up to, yeah, on the way home. So I just want to read a statement from um, on the Facebook page of Sunshine Coast uh, Wanderers. Uh, it goes, Our hearts are truly broken this morning with the devastating news that Jay Dixon has passed away last night and that Adrian Fraser has been seriously injured. After playing a junior football with Wombai Snakes FC, Jay joined Sunshine Coast Wanderers this year with her twin sister Georgia. We join Wombai Snakes FC and the entire football community in passing on our love and support to Mark, Julie and the Dixon family and Adrian's family at this very sad time. And as always, you know, here at Brisbane Football Review, we also pass on our heartfelt condolences to the, everyone involved. And you know what? We always say we, we, love, we all love football, but you know, you're always happy you go home. And sometimes it's, sometimes it's bigger than just football. So, um, yeah. Absolutely. Pass on our sympathies there. Mm. Now, there's no smooth way to segue into the NPL results from the weekend, so I'm just going to do it as as a bumpy way as possible, I suppose, and uh, talk about NPL Round 8 that happened over the weekend. Uh, go through the scores quickly. You've got North Queensland United going down to Cairns FC 4-2. Strikers 2-1 over Redlands United. Lions FC 2-0 over Moreton Bay United. Western Pride FC 7-1 over Southwest Queensland. Gold Coast United 4-1 over Mackay with Sunday's Magpies Crusaders United. FC. FC. Brisbane Royal Youth went down to Olympic FC 6-0. And Brisbane City FC only put up six against Sunshine Coast. <laughs> now, we're going to talk about the game that you two were at Saturday night while I was at work. Yep. And that was the new Logan facility for the Raw. So, how was that? It was good. They didn't use their field at Logan. They used the Football Brisbane field because I think it's got it's got the canteen and the stuff set up. But it was it's a good facility they've got down there. And it was a good, a good crowd down there to have a look around. And yeah, it was quite. It's still very new. You can see that the grass is still roped off and stuff. But it's 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 a very good facility down there. And I think people when yeah. they get down in the next couple of weeks, they'll be quite impressed with it. Certainly. Uh, we should point out we are recording outside, so if you hear yes. random traffic noises or birds or something in the yes. background, that's yes. what and it is. If, if yeah. I have to jump in this host, it's because a bird's landed on the balcony and James has run off hiding. So Yes, there's a James-shaped hole in the glass yep. door. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was Olympic, way too good on the night by the sounds of things. Oh, look, um, there's been a bit of sort of chatter about you know, the performance at you know, 6-0, um, that Olympic look. Olympic are a very, very good team. It's the first time this season we've seen them live. And they look to be a very, very good team, a drill team. Look, uh, Jez Lofthouse, who scored a hat-trick, he is probably shaping as probably one of the best prospects in, in the league at the moment. And that third goal he scored, which um, we shared out on our pages and has been pretty much everywhere. It's gone viral within Australian football. That goal was a cracker. But look, too good. Um, one other thing I want to point out as well is that the back line, the defence from the Raw, um, basically, you know, 20, Matthew Crooks. Cartier uh, and 16. Yep. Boyce was 15. Yeah, Brady Boyce yeah. making his debut, staying debut. He's 15 years old, and uh, Emma Wellsmore was 17. True and Emma Wellsmore, by the way, are um, are also underage internationals. So, yeah, Wellsmore, New Zealand, True and Australian. Yeah. So, question: Can Boyce shave? I don't think so. <laughs> look, um, could you shave at 15? <laughs> yeah, I could shave at age 11. Look, he, look by the sound of things, he, he is a fantastic prospect. And look, he, he wouldn't be playing... Yeah, he wouldn't be in the squad if he didn't yeah. have some yeah. like modicum of talent. And he's clearly been identified as a prospect for yeah. the future. The defence also was not that bad either on the night. It they was a baptism of fire. A really, really good side. Yeah. yeah. Well, and look, that's the thing is, is that it doesn't... I think from the setup and whatnot, I don't think it helps... Um, that Aaron Reardon is, is out injured at the moment. I think that's where the big gaping holes. And, and I think he almost... Because the, the big conjecture about, oh, how young is too young? Mm. No, in the side. And there's lots of criticism aimed at, oh, why, why is James Robinson playing so many young guys? Well... That's the point. Yeah, like I said, you've got Dane Ingham, Conor O'Toole, who are, who are yeah. you know, the senior team connected. 
you know, Aaron Ridden's injured. And look, and obviously... Tommy you know, Orr, 15 or 16 when he made his senior debut for the Raw as well. Tommy Orr. 16, yeah. yeah 16, yeah. So, look, at the end of the day, it's just, like, no one really seemed to have a problem with it, um, like, before the second half of the Strikers yeah. game kicked off. It's only in the last couple of weeks against very, very good teams. Yeah. Look, I don't think it's, everyone should panic. And you've got to remember, these are, these are still kids. It's still youth. Sometimes they're going to have great days. Our days are just going to fall in complete heap. Well, Unfortunately, Saturday night was that. It was the latter. I remember talking about this last year when we were going through the NPL and saying, like, the thing with young players is they are going, they're still learning consistency. Yeah. So it's not like you're going to be seeing, like, a clear... No. I suppose, if they were consistently yeah. playing at a really good level, they would probably yeah. be pushing for the first team much yeah. more than they are now. Yeah, it's, look, I, I just, it's I just the take... growth cycle of a young player. They, you have to just accept. This. Yeah, it's I just happen. take umbrage with the fact that you know people see that score on ours or that and say, oh, what is what a pathetic performance or what is actually you know what, have these people help actually show up to a game. And actually see, you know, and I actually understand I how... I they played that bad. The yeah, exactly. They, like they, said, they had it their was, moments in the game, but they, I, were, they were overrun a bit and clearly the second best team, but they weren't terrible either. Yeah, yeah. Look, and that's the thing is, give credit to Olympic. They are a very good team. You think they're going to be pushing for, you know, FFA Cup round 32, you know, spot. And look, they're, t- they're top of the table for a reason. So, yeah. Although know. I think there is one player from Olympic that made a few enemies with his celebration of a certain player's hat yeah, trick. He needs to learn that count too. Once they do his claim in 10 fouls to one, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. I think you might have to have a word to him about yeah. that. Yeah, so. Next time I see him. Yeah, well, it's, good. Well, it's good to see them still running around. So. <laughs> yeah. There are actually a few ex raw players in the Olympic yeah. lineup. Obviously, Matt Shane Stefano, who we were talking about. Yep, Matt yeah. Mundy, and a few of the ex raw players as yeah. well. Yeah, there were a few there. So, very good side. Like, on a couple of the other games, it's a, another resounding win for Western Pride. I think teams should just stop going out there, to be honest with you. <laughs> I think it's a, it's a waste of time going out there, I think, the way they're going. But oh. the um, the North Queensland derby was interesting because well, it's the continued dominance for Cairns over Townsville. But the so conditions. It's, it's, it's important. For, it's, yeah. It doesn't mean much people down here, but up there it's really important. For well, you just mentioned the conditions, Adam. Mm. I was watching the Aussie Rules up there with the yeah. Gold Coast yeah. Suns playing in North Queensland, and quite frankly, yeah. it was the sort of conditions that you would love to play in, but not sit through. <laughs> no. No, it wasn't much. It wasn't much better in Townsville, no. according to the, what we saw from uh, North Queensland United's uh, yeah. Twitter feed on Saturday night. So, the fact that they got a game up there was actually, yeah. I think, it was part of an achievement itself. Uh, and I think they probably could use a bit of sandpaper to dry out the boots and stuff <laughs> afterwards. <laughs> uh, I well, they can get some. <laughs> uh, yeah, so there is starting to be a little bit of a separation in the table. Yeah. Like you've got, I'd say you've got five teams at the moment, which are there or thereabouts. City and Strikers are ready to pounce. I would say, like if Morton Bay or the Raw yeah. Youth do start to experience a bit of a downturn in results, Strikers and City will be ready to. To me, the top four yeah. at the moment, it, it's a long way to go. Obviously, we're only one third way to a season, but the top four almost looks like it's set with Olympic Pride Lions and Strikers. Yeah, with teams I, like I with teams like Brisbane City, just and Morton Bay, just a little bit behind in terms of consistency of results. Yeah, just no, not taking I, their chances. I, I think wait until Victoria comes yeah. calling. There is a chance that that could change, obviously, but at the moment, those four do look like the strongest four teams in the competition. And for anyone wondering about the possible value of mid-season acquisitions, just look at what happened with Western Pride last yeah. year when they got mm-hmm. Dylan Wenzel-Halls, Cameron Crestani, yeah. etc. Harrison Sawyer came for a while as well. Yeah, and all of a sudden, they were a force. And I think uh, Dylan Wenzel-Halls has been quite a uh, big fan of our page, so if he's listening, hello, Dylan. He's up to 17 goals or something yeah. this year now already. According to the screenshot yeah. you put in the run sheet. Well, I, you must put that in the right side because I didn't put I that. I did, yeah. Like I said, it's, uh, I think we almost called, almost you closed the market yeah. on the golden boot. Is there a market on it? That's all. Yeah. Don't look at me. Oh, guys. no, well, like I said, I, I actually, I actually sort of quoted um, Dylan's tweet the other night yeah. saying, well, in what size should they put, the, uh, should FQ actually put the golden boot? Because, look, I think he's got it. To be fair, I think Sam Smith won it last year on 22 and he could mm. get there in the next couple of weeks. So. Yeah. Are they playing uh, Sunshine Coast again? Oh, no. <laughs> oh, dear. I'm not watching that again. <laughs> All right, so there's a weekend off for Easter, so no games next weekend, but there are some FFA Cup qualifiers coming up Tuesday yes. night. So and there is one game tonight, actually, Strikers and Southwest Queensland, I believe, in a catch-up game. All right, well, check social Friday, media so, for that because yep. we're all going to go to sleep once we're finished yeah, recording. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and then, yeah, we'll go through quickly. FQPL results, you've got Ipswich... Knights going down to Penn Power. Only 1-0 for Penn Power. So. Yeah. The report was that Ipswich Knights parked the bus. 
Did they hire Mourinho? That's a very biased Peninsula Power opinion, though. So <laughs> I wonder where that could have yeah. come from. <laughs> Hello, Jordan, if you're listening. Yeah. <laughs> Rochdale 2 1 over uh, Wide Bay Wanderers. Wolves. Wolves? Yes. Oh, I can't read. <laughs> you, get, you, don't, you don't get Twitter handles. Yeah, do where's you? this Twitter handle? Do you want me to read the rest thing? of them for Please you? Please do, Scott. All right, so South. So Logan Lightning beat South 3 2. East beat Southside Eagles 4 2. And. Uh, Sunshine Coast Wanderers beat Wide Bay 8-0 with Holland Park and Mitchelton postponed and Capalabar on the bye. Yeah, see, it's not that easy, is it? It's... I get used to using the Twitter handles. Most of the clubs are pretty easy. Yeah, that actually is fair. And uh, I think we did have a correction that we had to make from the scores. Yeah, so one of the goal scorers was... I can't remember now. It's on our social media. It's there. Yeah. Oh, look. We'll take any and all feedback Mm -hmm. right now. Um... NPLW, just quickly. Scott, you can read these. Okay, so the Raw beat Mitchelton 3-2. No idea on the goal scorers for the Raw. Uh, Western Pride beat Logan 5-3. East beat Madrubar 2-1. The Gap beat Gold Coast 4-3 in a high-scoring game. And Lions thumped Southwest Queensland 8-0. Mm. There we go. So there you go. Uh, Lions are well and truly... Well, not well and truly clear. I on think top of the... this table's actually out of date. Souths are back on top now after their win last night. Okay, I'm not going to bother reading the table there. <laughs> yeah. It we hasn't d- been updated. I checked this afternoon. I was going to change it. but We do have a couple of news stories that we wanted to lead off with. And first of all, we just wanted to offer a little bit of a correction from last week when we were talking about the Rural Supporters Federation surveys, where in the busyness of the last couple of months, we got our surveys mixed up, didn't we? We did, yeah. Um, like I said, the, the one thing is... Uh, uh, there were two surveys. There was the one for the in the aftermath of the uh, sort of debacle in the ACL, which we did quote. But it was also as well a separate survey, which uh, was for the um, the con- the Congress with AFC and FIFA and all that. And, that. and from my point of view, that's the point where I was actually quite qu- critical of that survey. I don't think it was entirely appropriate for RSF to be in that playing that space. But it certainly is appropriate for them to be holding the club to account, which is what the first one's for. So just want to try and clear that up. Yeah, we did get that, and we'll try and own up to the rare times we make a mistake. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so we're going to touch on a couple of news stories to close out segment three, and we'll go back to the international yep. news. Daningham played 77 minutes for New Zealand in their yep. 1-0 loss to Canada. Came on after 13 minutes due to an injury, so... Is that more minutes than he's played for the Roar in the, the A-League this year? It's his first minute since the Champions League loss, so he desperately needs game time, really, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. And then a um, bit of a goalkeeping update for the Roar. Obviously, there was a bit of an outcry over the last couple of months when stories had leaked about the Roar not re-signing Jamie Young, and then they went and re-signed Jamie Young. I think, look, I think that's the... And as a lot of people, fans said, it's probably the best news I've had in a while. I think uh, he's certainly uh, been... I, I personally think he's been the best keeper, you know, in the league this season. Um, and look, I think as well, I think, you know, he, he was one that the Raw had to sign, otherwise it was going to be it was going to be a ride almost. He's improved out of sight since he first arrived. Remember when he first arrived, he was... Um, the distribution wasn't so good, and he got lobbed and... For Mark Yanko and the, yeah, the, October, there was a lot of question marks over him, but since then he's yeah. been absolutely unbelievable. Really, the la- last season and a half. The October yeah. game against uh, Sydney FC in his first season, yeah. which was oh, that. Yeah. But yeah, we I I was very much Team Theo probably until mm. early, well this season when he took over and he's absolutely won me over. Well, we we said that you know at the end of, after Theo went down and injured. Um, we said that this is Jamie Young's, you know, number one spot to to win. He's done that, and he's also been given a new contract, showing a new contract with it. So, look, the guy has worked hard, and he deserves it. And I don't think you don't think you get much people disagree with that. And a little bit of a genius too, with his uh, academic achievements. Yes. Yeah. So, hey. yeah. So, look, I think the big question for next year though is, does he change to jersey number one because that's going to be vacant? It will be. As hmm. Obviously, like, again, I was Team Theo for a while, but there is no Team Theo anymore because this is going to be his last season with the Brisbane Raw, well, as you, announced. You could go Team Theo at Olympic, if you believe the rumours. <laughs> well, Marco, That's a rumor. Marco Monteverde had that in the story where yep. if he can overcome the finger problem, which has been plaguing him all season and keeping yep. him out for one to two weeks since he first injured it, yeah, um, yeah Michael Theo will no longer be at the Raw, which is... I suppose closing a bit of the chapter yeah. on... He's the final yeah. player from that 2010-11 team to move on. I know players have come back, but 
Dio was the one constant from then till now. Yes, and Matt Mackay and Ivan Franich are the only players from that grand final squad to still Enrique. be in the Raw squad. And Enrique. Yeah. I, I'm just thinking of the starting <laughs> yeah. 11 because of the photo yeah. I saw on social media. Yeah. <laughs> where, yeah, Mackay and French are the only two from the starting 11 to uh, be with the club yeah. now. But, yeah. Like, it's probably the right time to close that chapter, but and what it's, a great chapter it was. Yeah, it's a, a news we all saw, I suppose, coming, but it's still, yeah, amazing. Oh, look, he, like I said, the most successful, you know, keeper in A-League history. You know, five, five, five championships, and look, four it's, premierships. Four premierships, yep. And and look, a partridge think, in a pear tree. <laughs> and I think, in a way, I, I'm, it's good that you know he goes out. You know, you'd think on his terms. I think we don't know if it's injury. It's not, it's not coming up. Or look, at the end of the day, you if we've been blessed here at the Raw of having two quality keepers. But I think it's time that you know it's, it's Jamie Young's yeah. you know time now, and I think you know it's it's unfortunately time for Theo to move on. I think and, and yeah, well, one last game would have been great, but yeah. unfortunately, does not things don't work out the way you hope sometimes. From a business perspective, like I honestly don't know how going forward they could have justified spending the salary cap no. space on Michael yeah. Theo and Jamie Young. I can tell you when, they couldn't. That's and this is why yeah. we're here, particularly with a, a competent player like Brendan White in the wings as well who I think is probably likely to be the backup next year and he's more than capable of doing that yeah and that to me is where I think looking forward like the decision had to be made and look at least he's getting the chance to have his farewell this Saturday against Central Coast like I remember we were talking about it ages ago where like if any of the players were going to be leaving the Raw the stalwarts like Theo this would have been their perfect game to give them a bit of a send off Obviously, he's not going to be involved because it is a must-win game, as we're going to talk about in the next segment. But, look, <laughs> he's given us plenty of fantastic memories, so great. Yeah. Everyone talks about the penalty saves, but there was a save on, um, I think it was from Haliti in the Wanderers' grand final in extra time. That that was the most important to me because if that, if that goes in, that's probably game over. Yeah, we obvi- yeah the penalty saves yeah. for obvious reasons. But I, I just remember, like, there were times... There are games I remember where he basically gave the Raw three points, and obviously we're seeing Jamie Young do that as well, and it is the end of a first-world problem for the Raw, where you've got two starting-caliber goalkeepers. Oh, look, and that's the thing is as well, is that as, um, as Scott alluded to, that, you know, the, the backup keeper at the moment right now, Brendan White, and I don't think, man, unless you're familiar with the local game, um, haven't seen him, but he, he is very capable as well, so I don't know if we've lost that problem as such, because I think... You know, you know, we've got two very capable keepers. You know, even with this is the assuming Brendan on. White does sign, by the way, as well. Exactly, exactly yeah. yeah. It's sort of status unknown at the moment, mm. but yeah. But that is... And, like, and I, yeah. I also think that, you know, even beyond that, you know, Macklin Freak and, yeah. you know, in the MPL at the moment, he's he's going great guns. So, yeah. I think goalkeeping, I think, is a very, very strong suit yeah. for the Royal at the so moment. Just, just one last thing I'll tell you. You always felt safe and comfortable with him in goal as well. Yes. Like, you always thought that with Theo in goal a big save needs to be made, he's going to make that save. Yeah, that's it. And, like, my argument for Theo was always, like, he might not have had the ceiling of, you know, some of the other goalkeepers, but his bad performances were never strung together. Like, he might make a mistake, but he'd forget about it straight away. So, thanks for everything, Theo. We'll, you know, keep watching our grand final DVDs (laughs) and remember all that. And we're going to take a quick break and come back and look ahead to this... Saturday afternoon's, Saturday, afternoon. Saturday afternoon's game against Central Coast Mariners. We'll be back after this. You're listening to the Brisbane Football Review. We'll be back after this. And we're back for the final segment of the Brisbane Football Review. It's James Scott and Adam here for the DFS Fan Network. And we've got some plugs to get through before we talk about the Central Coast game. Scott? Oh, you're, I'm ready. I'm going to am I? Yes, right, you're up. All right, so Twitter at Raw Review, Facebook the Raw Review, podcast you can listen to on Wooshka and iTunes, email brisbanefootballview at gmail.com. And for the last time this, this season, in the regular season anyway, fan cams on the Northern Plaza after the game. I don't think we're going to have a home final. I so wouldn't have thought so. I would just, say, it'll be, the fo- I'll say it'll be the final fan cams. Leaving cam a 0.1% chance. Oh, look, we might, take, we might take it on the road. There you go. <laughs> That's news to me. Yeah, news to me. Your shout is it, Adam? <laughs> yeah, right. Anyway, <laughs> on. But yeah, it's a bit. Yeah, should say thanks for everyone that's yeah. uh, come to fan yeah. camp so far. We got one last chance to come and 
have a bit of fun on camera. And as, he, as I say every week, it's not just the Raw fans. Like The Mariners fans are more than welcome too, and neutrals, and anyone else that likes to get their face on, at least on in the internet anyway. Yeah. And we should also say uh, we'd love to get some iTunes reviews from our podcast as well. For no other reason than I just like hearing how wonderful I am and all of that. So, Mum, if you're listening, I'd appreciate it. <laughs> All right. Um, this Saturday, 4.35 against Central Coast at Suncorp Stadium. It is, I would say, almost certainly going to be the Rules' last home game of the season, yep. barring some absolute mathematical miracle. And it's against Central Coast, a team that is now officially eliminated from the finals. Yep. It is, yeah. Yes. So, Scott, yep. uh, record against Mariners. Oh, so they've played 45 times. They've won 26, lost 7 and drawn 12. And at Suncorp, they've won... Played 23, won 11, lost 5, and drawn 7. And I have a stat for you. Oh, dear. Do you, either of you remember the last time the Mariners beat the Raw? A long time ago. Hang yeah, on. It was, but can you remember was the specifics? The, was it the France Tyson year 2-1 down in Gosford? Uh, so I'm guessing I'm wrong. I thought, I thought it was in their uh, championship winning season at... Uh, yeah. It, it was round 27 of the 2013-14 season. When the rule oh, basically rested half the side yeah. going into the finals. The let's just be healthy yeah. game. Yep. Yeah. I think Borussia was also suspended anyway. That sounds about right yeah, for that season. Yeah. But oh. yeah, that's how long ago. So this will be the fourth straight season if the Roar avoid defeat, knock on wood, on, on Saturday afternoon that they've avoided defeating against Le- the Mariners. 11 games. 11 games apparently. unbeaten, yeah. Yep, and the Mariners are coming off a pretty gut-wrenching loss yeah. to Sydney FC where Matt Simon managed to score the, a very late winner. Yeah, you know you're in trouble when Matt Simon's scoring against you. That's right. Yes. Uh, although, uh, former coach Paul... Wait, he hasn't scored against the Raw this year, has he, Matt Simon? No, he's just gotten sent off. Oh, good. And former coach Paul O'Connor has apparently uh, landed on his feet. I saw him on Fox this morning. He did, yes. Soccer is. But, yeah... Good that... second stop taking John Aloisi down there and, and keep him concentrating on the Raw. We need him up here. Yes, that's it. Well... <laughs> Not that he's not good on Fox, but we just need him concentrating up here. Well, we do, you know, talk about the Roar, and this is essentially, you know, win or you're out. Yeah, it's pretty much that, isn't it? I mean, we talked about it earlier off-air, two finals against against Wanderers and Perth. You can see this is a final as well, because they have to get three points here. There's no, there's really no other equation, because they just need to, to be picking up points here. It's the last home game of the season. It's, they're running out of time. They have to win this game, really. Yeah, that's it. Well, just looking at some of the other fixtures. So, Perth plays Sydney FC tomorrow night, and I actually picked this up at work. It's been over 430 minutes since Perth have scored a goal against Sydney FC. So they're due. <laughs> <laughs> but you would say with Sydney going for the Premier's plate, that's... See, weren't they in person they won the Premiership last year as well? Entirely possible. Yeah, cause, yeah they were, because the Raw beat Victory, which ended the Victory's chances for the Premiership, and they were in Perth, so... And, sure that's how it went down. And the Wanderers are playing Melbourne Victory straight after the Raw yeah. game. So, look, yeah, that's, you've got a, a good really chance good, to take yeah. advantage of it here. Oh, look, it's I think if, if any, for, for finals hopes and whatnot, three points to must. And look, and it, we're kind of, quite frankly, you know, we, we were quick to praise uh, Wellington, that even though they're bottom of the ladder at the moment, they're probably a little bit better than that. Look, unfortunately, I think Central Coast are probably the worst team in the league at the moment. And if we can't win that, well, then we've probably got no business playing finals football anyway. Yeah, that's fair. Are uh, we expecting an unchanged starting 11? I can't see anyone available who's going to come in and the only... really change things. Because I don't think Enrique is ready to start yet. I think he's still... No, I think Enrique is here as an impact yeah. for this season. I can't think of it. I don't think anyone's back fit and available. Either, so it's probably going to have to be this same 11 the whole way from here on out. Unless you feel like Corey Gamero's got 90 minutes in him. But even so, do you risk benching Macaroni? You're not going to bench Macaroni at this point if you haven't done it all season. Yeah, the only yeah. thing you could do maybe is if Corey Brown can get out the doghouse in time to bring him back in at left back. But I, I can't really... And oh, Jade North if he's fit in a couple of weeks. But yeah. I, at the moment, it's there's not many options you can change. And see, I can see a couple of permutations like Corey Gamero maybe getting a start. Um, look, go playing playing Connor to left back, yeah. which frees up Franich maybe in the right. You know, maybe rest Ben Kalfala or something like that. But look, to be honest, I I think it's going to be unchanged the, the yeah. eleven, and I actually think that's basically the sixteen. That the last couple of weeks, I think it's going to be the sixteen on Saturday afternoon. There's something to be said for continuity at this time of season as well. If you can build some continuity between this 11 and players coming off the bench and doing a specific job, yeah. could, it's probably your best chance. And aside from, I would say, the central defensive pairing of Bowles and Pepper, who are 
you know, doing very well in their yeah. own right, but it's those two or really nobody else yeah. at the moment. Everywhere else, you've actually got choices to make. Yeah. And it's, as we said, it's a good problem to have, but yeah, look, <laughs> I yeah, it's no margin for error now. We don't go home. Yeah. No, I think, I think that's why I think that you, the side that's been doing the job the last couple of weeks, I think, will be retained because simply that, you know, this is probably not a good time to start experimenting unless you're forced to. Um, so, yeah, I, I think, yeah, as, as you said, continuity yeah. is a thing. The only thing is we've, we've all said it's must-win, etc., but there is a chance that Perth could drop points to Sydney, Victory could beat the Wanderers, and they'll oh, yeah. all have a free hit here, but it's, it's really just for confidence and building... Towards the finals. You don't just want to limp into them. You want to yeah. get into the finals with some momentum behind you. Yeah, that's it. Like, I I just keep coming back to, you've got to show that you belong in the finals yeah. now because, yeah. look, as, even Sydney FC have fallen off a little bit in the last couple of weeks, but you look at third through 10th, none of those teams have really shown too much consistency. And I feel like if you're going into the finals on a three-game winning streak, which... I still think they're going to have to do if they want to yeah. make it. Yep. You might be coming in with the strongest momentum out of anybody. Look, I think that's that's exactly that's exactly it. I think where it comes down to, and we and we said it, you know, you know, two months ago about the raw is that you know what the, the season's going to be defined about with the momentum going to into the end of the season. And look, they're 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 six from eight unbeaten. Yeah. No, sorry, I should say unbeaten, but the six six from eight, you know, where they haven't lost and. Look, I think that momentum's important, man. I agree. Look, three—I think it's going to be three wins to get in, to, just to make sure we don't—we don't want to rely on other results. And and we, to, look, we keep making the dad's army jokes about the age of the squad, but this is where you want to count on the, I suppose, experience that they've got out there and their ability to use that experience at crunch time of the season. Now, I'm just looking at a couple of numbers here: a three-game winning streak. Yeah. Well, they'll actually need to win their last three games to get a 50% winning record on win record on the season. It's actually not going to be too bad, actually, yeah. if, if that's how it plays out. Because three wins would get them to 11 wins, five draws, and 11 losses. Yeah. So that's not too bad, I suppose. But they're also minus six in goal difference. So yes. I'd like to see yeah, them at least get back to level. attribute that to a couple of heavy defeats early in the season when there were injuries and the team was still trying to gel as well. So. But even so, I'd still like to, yeah. I'd like to see them try yeah. and level that out. And well, they've got a good chance this weekend. Yeah, and look, we can go into a whole statistical analysis in our season in review show, but I, they need yes, more goals. People will be bored if we go through that. <laughs> we go too deep in statistical analysis, James. You know that. Yes, that's true. Yes. And I failed high school maths. Yes, so. exactly. We're not, it's not going to be very good statistics. But like, that's the whole point. Where just looking at what what they've done this season from a record perspective, they've still got work to do. That, yeah. That's what I keep coming back to. Anyway, uh, let's get... They have improved greatly since the big disappointment in the Champions League. I think they've lost twice since then, which is pretty good. Oh, yeah. It's fair to say, like, 2018 has been much better than 2017 in terms of calendar years. But let's get on to our tips for this week, and I'm going to lead off and say that I'm picking a 2-0 win for the Raw, which is actually what I picked last week. So, well done, James. Can I copy that? Yes. Cool. And Adam? 4-0 Raw. 4-0. Yep. Okay. Well, this could actually be... Well, the funny thing is, I actually think back to the, uh, was the all incoming. Was it the um, Tyson year where they had that six-one win over the Mariners on like yeah, a random Thursday night game? Yeah, that's actually the bit of the inference I'm actually thinking about. That I think that you know this is a game that you think that they would you know go, but from a tipping point of view, purely like so, when you're leading, you can have you can be ambitious like yes. that. Was that the um? Stephen Lustiger hat trick game. Yes, the yeah. game that had people calling for Stephen Lustiger to start for the next year and a half. <laughs> Just because he got a hat trick in one game. All right, so look, it is worth mentioning all the other fixtures this weekend. Just quickly while we run through that. So tomorrow night, as we're recording, Perth against Sydney in Perth, of course. Adelaide against Wellington in Adelaide. Early game Saturday is Raw Mariners, which we will all be at, and hopefully losing our voice at cheering several goals going in. And then the late game is Melbourne victory against the Wanderers, and then finally Newcastle against Melbourne City. So, yeah. So that's an important day for the Roar, isn't it? Because it could yeah. really shape things up. I know the Wanderers are sixth at the moment, but they, they're really on the slide at the moment. Yes. And look, if Adelaide are going... Adelaide is still reachable, but this might be the last week where you say that. Yeah. All right, so that's me for this edition of the Brisbane Football Review. Thanks to Alex for coming in for segment two to discuss the Socceroos. And 
helming us in our very tired state. We hope we haven't rambled too much or forgotten anything. Hopefully. Oh, I have to review the tapes on that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And uh, everyone have a very good Easter. Get out and watch the Raw this Saturday because there's no NPL to distract you. So, yeah, I hope to see everyone at Suncorp Stadium for fan cams after the game. Yes. All right. And we'll be back next week to review, hopefully, what was a very successful weekend for the Raw. Talk to you then.